Welcome to the Sports GPS. With your hosts, Parker White and CJ Holly. Welcome back to the Sports GPS Season 3, Episode 40. Parker, what's on the docket today, my man? We start our trip with the NFL Season Awards that were announced last night, Mm -hmm. as well as give out the inaugural Sports GPS Rock Fight of the Year Award. Yeah, you guys voted for the final, Parker, and I are giving you who won. Yes, sir. Next, we jump to the hardwood and discuss the absolute craziness that was the NBA trade deadline. Yep. Then we take a short detour to the Diamond to talk about the World Baseball Classic and which countries have the best chance to win this year. It wouldn't be the Sports GPS unless we talk baseball. Absolutely. Really. Last stop is back to the NFL with our Super Bowl 57 analysis and predictions. Absolutely. Going to discuss the Birds versus the Chiefs. All that and more on this episode of Sports GPS. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Sports GPS. We're talking about the NFL awards that were announced last night. Uh, not a lot of surprises, but uh, CJ hit us off. Yeah, let's. Well, I mean, let's hit the big one first. Why not? Right? Let's just get yeah. it out the way. Yeah, <laughs> get it out of the way. Uh, MVP. Yeah. I mean, pretty easily apparently, according according to the voters, it was pretty easy here. Uh, Patrick <laughs> Mahomes is your uh, your most valuable player, and I, I'm not going to sit here and say he doesn't deserve it. He had plenty right. of passing yards, yeah. most touchdown passes this year. I mean. Patrick Mahomes is a freak of nature. He's so good. And, I mean, he's got he's got an all-pro slash first ballot Hall of Famer as a tight end. Yes. Um, it makes it really easy on him. His offensive line is really, really good. Kept him clean all year. So, yeah, I, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is, is phenomenal. Don't get me wrong here. But, I mean, I think if Jalen Hurts didn't get hurt, in yeah. the middle of the year. I know when I was watching so I was watching Sports Center mm-hmm. and they were talking about like if Jalen Hurts played last game last game of the season, like it may have been close if he played seventeen games, it probably would have been closer. Yeah, if he didn't miss week sixteen and yeah, seventeen. 16, 17, yeah. And then I mean he came back eighteen and I mean really they, they just I mean, ran the yeah. ball and, and made it look but whatever. I mean uh, I yeah, definitely I think Patrick Mahomes is deserving. Right. But I, I don't think it was as like I don't think it was like a just easy easy decision. Yeah, and that's where I'm at. Like I, I do I think Patrick Mahomes deserved it? Absolutely. There's not a doubt in my mind. Do I think it should have been the runaway that everybody's saying it is? No. no. And that's where I'm at with it. I'm with you. All right, let's jump to offensive player of the year, Parker. Justin Jefferson, wide receiver of the Minnesota Vikings. Spoiler alert. That guy is a cheat code. Right. Like, I mean, like, the Minnesota Vikings this year, if they weren't, like, if they won games, it was because Justin Jefferson went off. Right. Or, like, Dalvin Cook, possibly. But it was mainly Jefferson. Yeah. And, I mean, Jefferson went off when they didn't. Now, when they lost big, it was because the team could contain Justin Jefferson. Right, right. So, I mean, it makes sense. But, at the same time, like, I mean, they did they did a great job getting him the ball. Kirk Cousins, that's his favorite target. So <laughs> Understandably. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. So, yeah, I mean, Justin Jefferson, well-deserved, well-deserved. Absolutely. Uh, defensive Player of the Year, Nick Bosa of the San Francisco 49ers. And it wasn't even like, I mean, Micah Parsons didn't even get a first-place vote. Right. Uh, like, Which kind of surprised. I mean, I'm not saying it should have been Micah Parsons, but, like, he didn't even get a first-place vote. Right. That's no. weird. That's weird. Yeah, but I think, 
you know, some other people got first place boats, but like they just weren't right as you know strong or whatever right like uh chris jones of the chiefs he ended up finishing third he got like one first place vote yeah uh you know like i mean here's my thing nick bosa definitely deserving oh absolutely the fact that hassan reddick of the eagles wasn't even in the top three a little crazy but i can see it whatever i mean they also had three or four people with multi uh double digit sacks dude hassan reddick how about that acquisition that contract is is stealing Stealing. oh yeah three years 45 stealing yeah so all right let's jump to coach of the year no surprise here brian dayball of the giants i mean much deserved yeah i mean he did a great job we were talking about this shoot i don't know i don't know how long ago but like like he deserved it it was either him or doug peterson yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't see another person really in. I mean, I, I, apparently Kyle Shanahan got second. I do, but I guess because your top two quarterbacks went down. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the reason why Kyle Shanahan's in. The, but like, come on. Like Doug Peterson took the team that should go from nowhere to somewhere in the playoffs, right? Yeah. And then you've got Brian Dayball. the The Giants had no business being as no. good as they were. No. They were so good earlier in the year. They were talking like the Giants. You know, might even win the division. Yeah. If, it, if the Eagles, yeah, the way they were they playing, were, they were playing so good, and then they kind of fell off a cliff. But I think it's just teams realized, oh, we can just make Daniel Jones try to beat us from the pocket, and it's it's Dunsies. But I will give Daniel Jones credit. Like that last like handful of games of the season, I thought he played really well. He did, especially he, running the football. He played extremely well. So I'm not I'm not debating you on that. But at but all. there was a. a a section of the season where I was like, "Okay, Danny Dimes, you you got this. We're right. we're gonna we're gonna keep, un, you know, Saquon under wraps, mm-hmm. and you got to beat us." And it, it wasn't going that way. No, but I think Brian Dayball. I mean, <laughs> he's no Joe Judge. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that, that we learned that in week eighteen yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's talk about the assistant coach of the year. Well deserved. Yeah, this is super deserved. He even got super a head- easy head coaching job because of it D'Amico Ryan oh, yeah. of the uh San Francisco 49ers he is the reason why I think the Niners played so well their defense was so good oh, yeah. and he like I I view the Kyle Shanahan D'Amico Ryan's relationship much like Doug Peterson and Jim Swartz yeah for the Eagles yeah and, you know those early tenure of Doug Peterson where it was Peterson was like I'm just gonna let you handle the defense and mm-hmm. I'm gonna handle the offense and I think and that's the best well. way. I think that's the best way to do it. Correct. Yeah, I think if you get two head coach personalities, which San Francisco had this year, yeah, and one handles one, one handles the other. Now, granted, I mean D'Amico has to report, but at oh, the same sure. time, it's not like but you, micromanaging now. Right. It, it was kind of like, okay, yeah, you do your thing. If I really disagree with you, I'm going to say something, and that's right. that's what it's been. So yeah. Uh, I'm really happy that D'Amico Ryan's gets a shot in Houston. Yeah. I, I wish it was I hate with the, a better I hate team. the division he's in, but right. I'm happy for him. Well, I wish I wish it was with a better team too. But well deserved. He chose Houston over a couple other spots, and you know it, it, it's what he needed and what he wanted, and he definitely uh, deserves the assistant coach of the year. Absolutely, comeback player of the year. This one was tricky for me. I didn't have this player winning. But it was Geno Smith. Our boy Geno Smith. Here's the reason why I don't think it's comeback player of the year. And I mean, you could you could tell me I'm wrong, but Geno Smith never had a good year, right? Like, yeah, this is just That's like, fair. oh, he figured it out for a year, right? Who should have won it, in my opinion, is Saquon. Saquon yeah. had been hurt for two years, comes back, has a great year. 
I think it depends on what your definition of comeback player of the year is. Is it a guy that was top top of the mountain, had a severe injury, missed a year, and comes back and is great? Right. Or is it a guy that, I mean, let's just be honest, Junior Smith has never really accomplished anything in the NFL, and right. then all of a sudden he's the starting quarterback at the Seahawks, and they look good, and he looks good? Yeah, see, that's It that's really just I'm depends at. on what your definition of it is. I think it's a player that's injured. Like, uh, somebody who should be in the top three that didn't make it. And again, I know I'm talking a lot of Eagles here, but <laughs> Brandon Graham comes back, oh, yeah. has ten and a half sacks this year. Yeah, he was great. And he just ruptured his Achilles last year. Like that's yeah. a that's a, a career ending injury. Yeah, in any sport, and in, in a lot of sports, let alone football. Right, like right. And and yet he comes back and has a career year with ten and a half sacks. Like he never had ten sacks before. Yeah. Like come on, like that's a comeback player. Christian McCaffrey, who finished second, he was injured a lot last year. Came back, had a phenomenal year right. with Carolina, and then shifting to San Francisco. And then Saquon, again, like those three players are my comeback players of the year. Now, do I think Brandon Graham deserves to win it? No. Should he have been top three? Absolutely. Yeah. Geno Smith, you jabroni. Shouldn't they have even been in the conversation. <laughs> you jabroni. The man never did anything in the NFL before. Yeah, that's, that's the fair. reason why I'm like, eh. Ex- but, especially when you look at all the other candidates. Right. It's not like there's like no nobody you can like think of. Mm-hmm. No, they're like you you just mentioned three great candidates right. and you give to a guy that, like you said, has done nothing in right. the NFL until this year and what is this like his sixth, seventh year? Something like that. I mean, I remember when he came out from WVU. Like, yeah, I mean, I remember at West Virginia. Of course, I never thought he was going to be good in the NFL, and he proved me right until this year, where he actually looked serviceable. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I think I think you're right. I think it should have been someone coming back from an injury, especially Correct. when you have guys like McCaffrey, Saquon, Brandon Graham. Like, come on! And there's others out there. I just I'm not thinking of them right now because Geno Smith, the jabroni, <laughs> the wins jabroni. Too. Comeback player of the year. Uh, Let's go to both the offensive and defensive rookie of the years. They both go to Jets. uh, The offensive (laughs) player. Figure that. Right. Well, you know what? To tell you the truth, that's actually a good thing, right? Like, the Jets looked great for the first part of the year, right? Like, they looked good. Yeah. And then they fell off a cliff. They fell off because they just couldn't figure out their quarterback, right? Yeah, that's still a problem. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, you never know. Mike White. You never know. Well, Um, I I like Mike White, but he couldn't stay healthy either. Stay healthy. Hey, comeback player of the year. Um, <laughs> yeah. Garrett Wilson oh, he's uh, wins awesome. your offensive rookie of the year, and then Sauce Gardner wins your defensive rookie of the year. This is the part of the Jets that, like, if they draft well again this upcoming year, and yeah. they've got some picks, they could do some interesting things in the AFC East. Do I think they beat the Bills? No. But they could definitely start talking about being there with the Dolphins because they were this year. Yeah. Uh, they can definitely like get close to them. I think the Bills are still the class of that division. Absolutely. But they've got the Patriots beat. Yeah. And if they draft again, like I said, if they draft well again this year, they could they could make a they make a name for themselves next year. So these are two really, really good foundation pieces at wide receiver and corner. So definitely definitely strong. Okay, speaking of, this is off topic a little bit, but speaking of the draft with the Jets specifically because they've actually drafted well recently, mm-hmm. and quarterback is a problem, and this is a quarterback-heavy draft, should they draft a quarterback? Yes. Like, no, yes. Like, not even, like... Yeah, it's not a question. Yeah. I mean, they're going to trade Zach Wilson for a bag of balls. Yeah. <laughs> and when I say a bag of balls, I mean, like, 
the Mr. Irrelevant pick, which actually yeah, last I, year I turned was gonna, out to be pretty good, right? Or 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 trade him for cash considerations. <laughs> I mean, either way, that's yeah. fine. But they're gonna trade him because Zach Wilson would be a half decent quarterback, not in a big market. Like oh, he's gotta yeah. be somewhere where the focus isn't on him. I mean, look what happened to Gina this year. Right. He was in New York. It did not work. It did not mesh. And he goes to Seattle. And I know Seattle's a good market, and mm-hmm. they, they've been a good football organization the last decade. But, like, you go to Seattle. Gets his shot. Looks you good. get an opportunity, and look what he did. Right. He's not in New York where every, every day there's a story. Right. Like Yeah, he, and that's the thing, right? Like, I mean – Zach Wilson needs to have his Cougars, and <laughs> yeah. and when I say Cougars, I mean BYU. Get your head out the gutter, people. <laughs> you you well, <laughs> well. <laughs> no, but uh, he just he needs to not be the talk of absolutely. The town. And he could be the talk of the town, but it needs to be a town that's like Market Thirty. Yeah, not Market One. And like it, New it, York, it, hate to break it to you, people. Market one. Yeah. And when you're the talk of the town, even in a city like New York, it better be about football. Right. Not about, well. Your extracurriculars. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) We'll get there. Okay. Speaking of a guy who's an outstanding citizen, let's go ahead (laughs) to the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Yeah. Uh, Dak Prescott is your winner. Uh, Finally, the Cowboys win something. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It's been a while. Been been a minute. But... Uh, no, well-deserved. Dak Prescott Absolutely. does a lot in the community. He's a great guy. Uh, you just wish he wasn't getting paid $40 million to do nothing. Yeah. So. I mean, when you talk to a lot of guys that, like, were great players in the NFL and they win this award, this is the best thing that, like, this is the biggest award. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is the award, right? Like, it's bigger than MVP. Yeah, I think so as well. I mean, you only get one a year. You've got to do it on and off the field Absolutely. to get it. Uh, Dak Prescott, well-deserving. So those are the big, was it one, four, nine awards that are given? And now there's the the hard run of the year, <laughs> hard run, the best celebration. There's all those. If you want to look those up, NFL.com, they got them all. Be my guest, right? Have have at it, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, phenomenal stuff. Great things. The the art Warney, uh, the art Rooney. Excuse me. Who? <laughs> uh, yeah, I always say that wrong. Uh, Sportsmanship Awards, Calais Campbell. The Salute to Service Award, Head Coach Ron Rivera. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's the Best Moment, the FedEx Aaron Ground Players of the Year, blah, 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 blah. The Angry <laughs> Run of the Year is the one I was thinking about earlier. Angry Run. The Bud Light Selly of the Year. Uh, you know, all this, right? So there's, yeah. there's plenty of stuff, right? Um, great. Looking for those. However, Parker, you and I have a more important award to give out today. Yeah. The inaugural. The inaugural. Rock Fight of the Year Award. The Sports GPS Rock Fight of the Year Award given out for the season of 2022. For those of you who have not listened to the show before, during the season, I say it a lot, that game was a rock fight. Right. So usually during the season, you know, you hear them talk about, oh, this was a great game, this was a great game, these are... We're doing the opposite. Yep. What are the worst games? And we went weeks one through 18, and we had some honorable mentions, and we mm-hmm. put together a bracket. Yep. And we've, we've narrowed it down. We let you guys vote on Twitter, yep. our final four, mm-hmm. to the championship game. Correct. And now we're ready to give you who the inaugural Rock Fight of the Year award is. Right. CJ, who is it? Yeah, so we, we had a, a 32 team bracket a six seed of, yeah. of the of the individual right so uh-huh. one through eight four times 
the six seed versus a one seed. It is a true David and Goliath yeah. story. Um, y'all voted on Twitter for uh, for the winner of the, the final four. We mm-hmm. thank you for doing that. Check out more polls from us on Twitter. We appreciate it. So the winners from the poll on Twitter, Carolina versus Baltimore in week 11. That is the, the Cinderella. Uh-huh. Beat the number one overall seed. Right? Yeah. Beat the number one overall yeah. seed. Took it down. <laughs> And they're going against the number two overall seed, Jets versus New England in Week 11. Week 11 was bad. It was a bad week. <laughs> it was a bad week. There was actually one other game that we could have picked from Week 11, but we said we were picking one and yeah. an honorable mention from each week. So, uh, without further ado, I'm sorry, David, you are losing to Goliath. <laughs> New York Jets versus New England in Week 11 is the winner of the inaugural Rock Fight of the Year. Woo! So good. Yeah, I mean, I, let, let's let's go through it. It's it, so good, it's bad. It, it was it's a, so bad, it's good. It was a ten to three score. Yep. So low scoring. Then sometimes it can, those can be good games, but yeah. not in this case. Not in this case. There was one touchdown, which was a punt return. Mm-hmm. There was two field goals, and and this is the kicker: seventeen punts, one of which went for a touchdown. Right, right. So I mean, it's uh, I mean, Zach Wilson didn't even throw for a hundred yards. I think Mac Jones threw for barely a hundred yards. I think he was like hundred. Actually, he threw yards. for over two hundred. Oh, he went for over two hundred. But must he, have been late. But Zach Wilson had a better uh, quarterback rating than. Well, yeah, because uh, yeah, I think it was a bunch of screen passes. Mac Jones got credit for. I mean, Mac stuff. Jones had a QBR of eighteen point six. Yeah, that's rough. He was sacked six times. Yeah, it, it mean, was it was a pure defensive game. I mean, he, to Mac Jones' credit, let's find a silver lining here. He was efficient. He was 23 of 27, 246. But he had no touchdowns, no picks. Yeah, they were all like little dump screen passes. Yeah, it, was, yeah, it wasn't that. I mean, their top running back, I think we can all agree, is uh, Ramondre Stevenson. Yep. He had 15 carries for 26 yards. Yeah, it was, it was rough. I mean, I know the Jets, their defense is, they're all right, but <laughs> they ain't that good. Yeah. And and the Carolina Baltimore game was so bad because Carolina was just like I don't care anymore. <laughs> right. I think this was the last Baker Mayfield game to be clear. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Baltimore was playing without Lamar Jackson in the rain. Yeah. So it was... actually, actually, Lamar did play. He was the starter of that game. Oh, he's the starter. Got hurt that game. He was twenty four thirty three two oh nine with a pick. Okay. So that might have been his last healthy game. I mean, he did have it a. Was worth, it was, he did have a rushing touchdown. See, that's that's why they couldn't win yeah. because they had a an actual like offensive touchdown. Yeah, it was. It wasn't just a, a freak of nature. Right, punt return. Yeah, that crazy. But anyway, so your winner of Rock Fight of the Year, New York Jets versus New England Patriots in Week Eleven. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, for being that bad, we will have the Rock Fight of the Year every year. Yeah, we need to put this on a t-shirt until until eternity. If you want the t-shirt, we'll figure it out. Put it, you know, post up, post up on Twitter. If you want the t-shirt, we'll make t-shirts. Yeah, I'm not above spending a little bit of cash to make some t-shirts. Yeah, I'm with you, man. So we can make that happen. This is a monumental moment for sure. All right, well, that's gonna wrap it up for the NFL awards. When we return, we're taking it to the hardwood NBA trade deadline. The craziness that was when we come back. Welcome back. Jumping into the NBA trade deadline. This was uh, crazy. Th- it was nuts. Like, and it started with Kyrie. Yeah. 
and then it just didn't stop. But let's go ahead and hit. It wasn't even like the amount of trades right. or who got. It was. I mean, yes, there were some big names that got traded, but it was so many multi-team trades. Yeah, a lot of them. So we're gonna run through it off the jump. Yep. Okay, there was a four-team trade between the Sixers, Hornets, Trailblazers, and Knicks. Yep. The Sixers got Jalen McDaniels, 2024 and 2029 second-round picks. Mm-hmm. The Hornets received Sky. No, it's Makai Luke. Yeah. I, don't, I can't pronounce this first. Zvi, right? Zvi, something like that. Makai Luke, 2023 and 2027 second-round picks. The Trailblazers, they acquired Cam Reddish. I think he's underrated. Matisse Thibel, Ryan Archie Diacono, mm-hmm. 2023 first-round pick from New York, and the Knicks received Josh Hart, who's an underrated, really good player. Yeah, I, of course you would think Cam Reddish is great because I he's know. a former Duke Blue Devil. But I do, I do think in the, in the right situation, he's a good player. Yeah, I think the Trailblazers like, look like they win this trade. Don't sleep on the Sixers. Jalen McDaniels is who they needed, and they yeah. needed Matisse out of there. Oh, I agree. Because Matisse couldn't shoot (laughs) his defense was like top notch oh sure but he couldn't stay on the floor because he was an offensive line like you could literally post him up in the corner yeah and and you're literally playing 4v5 because they just leave him there and go go ahead shoot that three you're gonna make it 20 percent of the time and i don't care i mean when he came to the league it was like this guy's a a prototypical three and d guy Mm mm-hmm like you're gonna play great defense, yep. and then you're gonna give us three point shooting from the corner. Yeah, if it's if and he that shot never happened, thirty five percent from downtown. Yeah, he'd he'd be in he'd be amazing. But the problem is he shot twenty five percent from downtown, right. and that's an issue. Yeah. All right, we have a three team trade between the Clippers, Rockets, and Grizzlies. Eric Gordon's returning to the Clippers, and three future second round picks. Yep. The Rockets received John Wall, who I'm sure they'll buy out. Danny Green in a protected pick swap with L.A. Uh-huh. And the Grizzlies received Luke Kennard. And, again, I know I'm biased because of where he went to school, but I think he's a really underrated player. Yeah, I think the winner of this trade is actually the Clippers just because they get a piece oh, that sure. they need, uh, more of the role player. Um, I mean, you, you're lacking on Danny Green, but he really wasn't doing much anyway. No, he wasn't. So, I mean, I think the Clippers win this thing. I, the Grizzlies get better with Luke Kennard. That's who they needed. I mean, every team really here wins except for the Rockets. And and they're not trying to. They're not trying to do anything. <laughs> right. So, let's be clear. <laughs> All right. You had a four-team trade between the Pistons, Warriors, Hawks, and Trailblazers. This one's interesting. We'll tell you about it. Yep. The Pistons, they received James Wiseman. I'm surprised that the Warriors let him go. The Warriors received Gary Payton the second and three conditional second round picks from Atlanta. The Hawks received Sadiq Bey, who's an underrated player. Mm-hmm. Trailblazers received Kevin Knox and five, count them five, future second round picks. Now, now the reason why this gets crazy, uh, Gary Payton, and this was this literally happened right as we were finishing our yeah. notes. Failed physical. Failed his physical because he was playing through pain, was getting Toradol shots. And if you don't know what Toradol is, it's literally painkiller. Right. Um it, that it, so he could play. It was like an abdomen injury, and they were shooting him up, and they didn't tell the dubs when this whole thing was going down. Yeah. So when he failed his physical, the Warriors were like, hold up. <laughs> hold Wait up. a minute. Now, the nice thing is, and I think this is true, if the trade falls through, they've got like 24 hours to like rework it because the initial trade was in the office by the deadline. I'm not entirely positive on that, but I know that's very similar to the way it works in baseball. Right. Where if you put the initial trade in and then something goes wrong with the physical, 
they can you've got like 24 hours to rework it or the trade yeah. is just null and void. Right. So All right, you got a four team trade between the Nuggets, Lakers, Clippers and Magic. The Nuggets receive Thomas Bryant, the Lakers receive Mo Bamba, Devon Reed and a second round pick. The Clippers receive Bones Highland, the Magic receive Pat Bev, 2024 second round pick from Denver and cash considerations. considerations. I the Lakers, they made, and they, there's some more moves that they made that I'll get to later. Yep. But, like, I love, like, the Mo Mama edition, Devon Reed. Like, he's a solid player. Mm. Thomas Bryant, it, it just, it wasn't, I mean, he was drafted by the Lakers. Then he was with the Wizards. That worked out really well. And it just didn't work second time around there in L.A. And they weren't going to re-sign him after the season. So, I think, I think the Lakers really got better here with Mo Bamba. I think... You know, they they got another uh, center from Orlando that worked out pretty good. I'm not saying they're the same player, but, you know, that Shaquille O'Neal guy was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, very good, right? <laughs> yeah. So, mine as well. I think the Clippers get really good here. Uh, Bones Highland, I know, VCU guy, I'm part impartial, right. impartial, right? I'm with you, dude. But I think Bose is exactly what they need. They need a true point guard there in L.A. for the Clippers, and they get it with Bones. Um, he, he can distribute, but he also can shoot the rock a little bit. He's definitely better passing than he is shooting. Yeah. And we, I mean, that was the exact opposite of what he was in college, but that's, that's a different scenario. Right. Uh, the other Lakers trade was another three team trade. I love this one. Now the Lakers trade with the T-Wolves and the Jazz. Here's the, the deets. Lakers get D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and uh, Jared Vanderbilt. Yeah. Uh, the T Wolves get Mike Conley, Nikhil Alexander Walker, the 24, 25, 26 second round picks. Uh, and then you get the Jazz end up with Russell Westbrook, who they're probably going to let walk. Uh, Juan Tors- Toscano Anderson. Toscano. Let's see, I always want to say that different. And then <laughs> Damian Jones. And then they also get the 27 first round pick from LA. Um,. I love this for the Lakers. The huge for the Lakers because they, Malik they needed... Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt. That's that. I mean, I know Jan, D'Angelo Russell is the name, mm-hmm. but those two guys, I think, is what really elevates this Lakers team with depth. Right, and and you know the 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 Jazz are just trying to stick a flow. I think they took Westbrook because the Lakers needed to, so they could afford the other pieces, and that's the reason why they're yeah. getting the first round pick. Um, you know, just. The, the overall movement, the T-Wolves do get better, and they needed you know a little bit of replacement from some other stuff that happened. So, all good. This this works for everybody. The Mike Conley experiment in Utah didn't really work. No, it did not. So, it, it, it worked out well for everybody. Let's go ahead and hit the last multi-team trade, which was the big one. Like, this is the yeah, that, this that is, nobody expected. This is the headliner. The, the massive one. And we were going to save it for last, but I want to hit all the multi-team trades. Uh, the four-team trade between the Suns, Nets, Bucks, and Pacers. Now, this happened at like 3.30 in the morning on the East Coast, right? I know. And this was after reports all day that Durant wasn't getting moved, Durant wasn't getting moved, Durant wasn't getting removed. Oh, wait. Durant gets moved. Yeah. Because Durant and TJ Warren go to the Suns. The Nets receive Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, Five first round <laughs> yeah. picks, two second round picks. The Bucks get Jay Crowder. The Pacers receive George Hill, Serge Ibaka, Jordan Noir, and then three second round picks and cash considerations. considerations. So, you know, like 
great move by the Nets. They finally sat there and said, you know what? The experiment didn't work. Yeah. Let's rebuild it all. Kyrie gone. Let's blow KD gone. it up. And they did. And they did. But honestly, I I like this for Brooklyn. I Look, Kevin Durant, he's the headliner. He's the best player. We all know how great he is. But Mikel Bridges, not bad. Cam Johnson, he knows his role. And they got five first-round picks. Right. And what I think this also does that I like for them is it gives Joe Harris more of an opportunity that he was not getting with KD and yep. Kyrie. And I'm trying to think of who that uh, – Thomas, that, that shooting guard they have, he's a like, young player. Dude, man – Cam is, Thomas, right? Cam Thomas, that's right. Dude, man can put the ball in the hoop. Yeah, I mean, he's going back-to-back 40 burgers. Yeah, so. I know. Yeah, I mean, he's he's doing well. He's I mean, gosh, he beat my well. Wizards without KD and Kyrie. I'm right. thinking, dude, we were up by 20, and then this guy just went off in the second half. Yeah, he's he is literally a 35-point or better yeah. waiting to happen now right. without those two. Um, and, and honestly, if you think this is an abnormal amount of multi-team trades, you'd be correct. Uh, <laughs> correct because I'm yeah. 90% sure somebody went to fanspro.com backslash NBA backslash trade machine and was just like, let's see how many <laughs> yeah. four-team trades we can do. Right. And just started throwing players around, and then all of a sudden they like shipped it to their GM. Like, oh, that could work. Like, legitimately. It yeah. is stupid. Yeah. The amount of multi-team trades. And half of these were presented as multi-team trades. They were presented as like individual trades that like right. somehow got meshed together. Yeah. Oh, wait, there's more. Like that's <laughs> yeah. what happened. So those are all the multis. Then we had like four other big trades that were just one team for one team. Yeah. Uh, Parker, rattle them all off. All right, quick. the Raptors, they acquired center Jakob Hurdle from the Spurs for Ken Burch, 2024 first-round pick, 2023 and 25 second-round picks. I, I mean, the Jakob Hurdle's a really good player. Mm. I like this for San Antonio. Ken Burch, I think he's underrated. I remember when the Wizards had him in training camp a few years ago. And you get picks. Yep. Okay, the Mavs, this was like the this this is what this is sent what it off. It. Yeah, this is the spark. The Mavs they acquired Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris from the Brooklyn Nets for Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney Smith, 2029 first round pick into future seconds. Parker, thank you for dropping that on socials for us. By yeah, the way. absolutely. It, it, it threw me off. I'm like, up. Oh, this is just the beginning. Well, and what's funny was me and a coworker were chatting about the fact that Kyrie could get moved, and, <laughs> and then Mavs boom, was one of them. And he was like, "Dude, him in Dallas." And I was like, "I know." <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like, I called him as soon as it happened. I was like, "Dude, did you see what hit the fan?" And he goes, "No." And I was like, "Kyrie's a Mav," and he goes, "No way." And I was like, "Yeah, way." I mean, so, Luca and Kyrie together. Oof. It's it, it it easily the best back, one of the best, if not the yeah. best backcourt in. The I league. mean, we'll see if they can like mesh together, but right. I think I think it can definitely think it work. Can work. All right, the Clippers they acquired Mason Plumlee from Charlotte for Reggie Jackson and a 2028 second round pick. Clippers made a lot of moves. Yeah, I think look, Mason Plumlee he's solid. Again, I know that I'm biased because I saw him from college days to the pros, but he's a good player. And Reggie Jackson, yeah, he was good. Dude, he for can them, get you a bucket. He can get you a bucket. But he wasn't. He wasn't like tearing it up in LA. So. Right. The Celtics they acquired Mike Muscala for Justin Jackson and two second rounders from the Thunder. This is sneaky good. This is huge for the. Celtics they needed another big guy stretch big stretch and, four and they they got it yeah and this is the way they like to play this will I mean I say open it up but I mean how Horford like he ain't <laughs> your boy you, he ain't giving you what you can right dude he the Celtics their main issue was a big guy to lock yeah. down 
And because if they're like, so let's take the Sixers Celtics from two days ago uh-huh. or three days ago, whatever it was. It was Wednesday to three days, two days ago <laughs> when the Celtics won because Brogdon yeah. and all those role players went off for like 15. Mm-hmm. If they don't knock down their shots, the Sixers win that running away. Yeah. But because their role players did what they're supposed to do, they won. Now with Muscala, you can sit there and say, okay, well, I mean, Embiid, you can have your touches down low, but you're not going to have your way Yeah, like they were getting it. And when the Sixers were down, they were just going. Like, the, the Celtics put up, like, 19 threes on them. Yeah. It yeah. was disgusting. And, like, that's the reason they won. But now they can play that inside game with Muscala. So, but Muscala's more of a perimeter guy anyways. Right, but he can at least yeah, he give can. you a presence down yeah. low. Yeah, he can. Where Horford's like, a, a whisper of what he wants. It, it's so it's so Al Horford. It's so sad because I think people forget like he was a dude in Atlanta, and it's just like, it, boy, he's really fallen off. Oh yeah, it's it's been yeah, faux show. Sure. All right, well that's going to wrap up the NBA. We're gonna do power rankings next week. We usually like to do power rankings one every other. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So we'll do that next week, and we'll talk about you know breakdown. We'll at least see a week. Of all these trades and how they're going down. And that'll be right before the All-Star break. So it'll be the last one before the All-Star break. The All-Star break is yeah. the, the, ninth, the 17th through the 19th. So definitely look forward to that. When we return, we're going to take a short pit stop. A really short pit <laughs> stop to the World Baseball Classic. And talk about some changes that happened this year in the format. Yeah. When we return. Welcome back. Getting into the World Baseball Classic. Yeah. Parker, talk about the deets. All right. So it starts March 7th and goes through March 21st. It's seven games in 11 days. So unlike the previous time World Baseball Classic was, there's no round robin course of play like before. So after the first round, if you lose, you're done. Yep. So, for example, Team USA, who did win last time, they lost game five of that run. And last go around in the twenty twenty, but in the twenty twenty three WBC, if that happened, they'd be eliminated. Okay, so they wouldn't be champs. Um, speaking of Team USA, notable players: you got Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, who is injured, but he is on the team. Mm-hmm. Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, you know the guy who won MVP, right? Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, Tim Anderson, JT Real Muto, Polar Bear Pete Alonso, one of my favorites, Bobby Witt Jr. Jeff McNeil, batting champ, Kyle Schwaba, Kyle Tucker. Then you got Clayton Kershaw, Nestor Cortez, Brady Singer, Devin Williams, and Adam Wainwright on the mound. And then when you look at Team USA, position player is stacked. Yep. Pitching is where it's kind of like, eh, I mean, you have some veterans in Kershaw and Wainwright. Um, Nestor Cortez is interesting. I'm really excited to see Brady Singer, who I think is an emerging star. I think so as well. Um, and that, and that, that's... WBC, that's what is kind of tricky is like position players, I think. But like these, these pitchers, this is like spring training. But instead of a slow burn in spring training, you get a ramp up from day one. Yep. Like this is a short burst. And so you kind of worry about that from an injury standpoint. The team that they really have to look out for is Dominican Republic. Yep. This is their potential starting lineup. Vladdy Jr. at first base. Cattell Marte, who's a solid player. He's at second. Jeremy Pena, you know, the guy that won ALCS MVP and World Series MVP. He's at mm-hmm. short. 
Machado's at third. In the outfield, you got Teoscar Hernandez, who's got big pop. J-Rod, one of my favorites. In center, Juan Soto. That guy can hit. Rafael Devers, an MVP candidate. He's your DH. Gary Sanchez, I know he's falling off, but he's behind the dish. And on the mound, you have arguably the best starter in the game last year, Sandy Alcantara. But, like, you have other guys that, like who could play. Like, okay, you don't want Cattel Marte. You have Willie Adamas. You have Wander Franco. You have Gene the Hit Machine Segura. Yep. So, I mean, they're deep. Yeah, they are really deep. But and, the, yeah. I mean, you know, they, like, their their pitching is, you know, yeah. similar outside of, you know, they're, they're top heavy, right, with, with Sandy. But, right. you know, they're, they're going to rake. It, yeah. Both Team USA and Dominican Republic are going to rake. Absolutely. The real question is pitching. And I think that actually kind of, like, leads to your next point, right? Yeah, I think Team Japan you got to watch out for because they're tournament tested. The core of this team, they won the Olympics together. So, like, they're familiar with each other. They played this kind of style of play before. You have Shohei Otani. That guy's pretty good. Uh, Hugh, Dar- Hugh Darvish, who just got, who just signed a huge extension with the Padres. Yep. He's out on, on the team. But you have to look out for Roki Sasaki. In the N- NPB, the Nippon Professional Baseball League, he had a 2.02 ARA, 12 Ks per nine. And then who, um, <clears throat> and then... Oh yeah, the guy that signed with the Red Sox. Yeah, uh, Masaka. I can't pronounce it. Masaka Yoshi- uh, Yoshida. Yoshida. Right. Yoshida. So he had fifty extra base hits, eighty RBI, uh, ten eight OPS. Yep. Last year, I mean, it, phenomenal. Yeah. So and I mean, I think I think that is a sneaky team to look out for because they know each other, they've played together, they've won in this kind of style of play. Yep. I think that you have to watch out for them, not just because they have Shohei Otani, who arguably is the best player in the world. Yeah, could could very well be the best player on the planet. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, definitely something you got to look for. Let's, I mean, now, granted, we're we're looking for our team here. USA. Yeah. They won't have to play either one of those teams until they get out of pool play. Right. Uh, but let's go over the pools real quick. Pool A, which is uh, being played in Taiwan. Uh, Chinese Taipei, the Netherlands, Cuba, Italy. Italy has a sneaky roster. Yeah, they do. Managed by Piazza. And then Panama. And then you have Pool B, which is going to be taking place in Japan. Uh, The host country, Japan, Korea, Australia, China, and the Czech Republic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pool C is where the United States resides. This is going to be happening in Arizona. So you have the United States, Mexico, Colombia, Canada, and Great Britain. I like USA's chances to get out of pool play. I think Mexico is really the only team that could like take over right, over make, USA yeah. right but I mean it's just because they're pitching right like that's right. what we're looking at there yeah and uh you know outside of that I mean the other teams they got some good players but it ain't it ain't the USA caliber right <laughs> Great then, Britain yeah right uh, got some guys. um <laughs> but then pool D which is uh happening in Florida you got Puerto Rico uh <laughs> Venezuela the Dominican Republic there is I mean this is a stacked yeah. stacked pool uh Israel and then Nicaragua um I honestly think I feel uh, bad for Nicaragua I feel bad for them I mean Israel's got a solid team yeah. they're just I mean I don't think they're up to snuff with Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic uh Venezuela has a sneaky decent team too uh, I think Pool D is is the hardest pool to get out of, honestly. Absolutely. So, uh, definitely looking forward to that. As we said, March 7th through the 21st, that's going to be uh, a massive two weeks. And it's going to be a lot of fun. 
Uh, for anybody that's interested in baseball there, I mean, I know Parker and I are going to be yeah. glued to our sets because that's in the middle of spring training. So we're going to be glued to our teams and then glued to the World Baseball Classic. Going to be a lot of fun, uh, especially there. You think you think USA can repeat? I think it's – I honestly think it's USA's to lose. And the reason why I say that is, I mean, now Japan is that sneaky team you talked about. Yes. They really don't have a lot of competition in their pool. Um but like Italy is probably going to get out of Pool A. I mean that if if I had a guess, it's Italy getting out of Pool A. It's either Italy or Cuba. Or Cuba, right? Yeah. I think it's Italy though. Just something's telling me. Uh, <laughs> pool B, uh, I think it's I think it's Japan getting yeah. out of there. Oh yeah. Pool C, it's going to be the United States or Mexico. I think the United States ends up pulling that out. And then Pool D, blood. You got yeah. You've got an absolute like just bloodshed everywhere. Like who gets out of it? <laughs> Whoever gets out of Pool D, I don't know how they're configuring the second round. Like, does Pool C face Pool D? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, it might be like best record pace, worst record, which could right. be Pool C versus Pool D. Right. Um, but again, you saying that like if you lose, you're out. So I don't know. Yeah, it's not a round robin out. kind of thing like it was before. Right. So it's I, single elimination. Yeah. So I, I I don't know, but if uh, it, man, I think. It's it's either I think Dominican Republic is the is the team to beat. I think they're a team beat, but because they have such a hard pool, right? It gives an it gives an edge to the United States. Because I mean, well, you look at Puerto Rico. You got Javi Baez and Francisco Lindor, right? Like it's not like those guys are scrubs. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, so it's tough. And as as you see, just watching baseball any given night. Yep. Because we see, I mean, you see it all the time. Like even the the bad teams, quote unquote, they they, they can have a night. And they can beat like the really good team. Yeah, it makes it that makes it tough with single elimination. So yeah, definitely be fun. All right. Well, when we return, the Super final Bowl. segment, the big segment yeah. of the show, Super Bowl Fifty Seven. We're gonna get into all of it right after a word from our sponsors. Welcome back to Sports GPS. We're getting to Super Bowl Fifty Seven. That is this week. You have the Eagles and the Chiefs. If you're looking at the sports book right now, the Eagles are favored by one and a half with an over-under of 50 and a half. So what that tells me is this is going to be a high-scoring affair. And when you look at both teams, it's not surprising. They both play offense. I do wonder. I think the Eagles defense can stymie the Chiefs offense enough. Well, not according to Brandon Ayuk. Hmm. Well, but I think that's sour grapes from the 49ers. Yeah, I'm not really. Roughed up yeah. after Purdy went out. So, <laughs> yeah. listen, I, it's literally been like this entire week yeah. has been the Niners just absolutely crapping on the Eagles. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, dude, I get it. Like, you got a rough hand. I'm sorry. Yeah. However, like, a lot of people were picking the Eagles to win that game anyway. Right. So don't sit there and say you were going to expose. Like, that's the that's the word of choice by Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. The Chiefs are going to expose the Eagles' defense like we were going to before Brock Purdy went out. I mean, this idea that, like, the Niners were, like, surefire favorites. No. Like, no, they weren't. I mean, look, we can all agree, and we've said this on the podcast several times, Niners probably the most complete roster in the nfl yeah however what is the most important position in football the quarterback quarterback. and guess what (laughs) your top two options out yep now you're going to miss your relevant and look 
I, I know I say that kind of funny because, well, A, it's true, but Brock Purdy's played better than a Mr. Irrelevant. Right. However, that is what he is, and guess what? He got hurt. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's Sorry Josh Johnson couldn't hold on to the football. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, it's not like it was a surefire, like, uh, Niners are going to crush the Eagles. Like, the Eagles were favored a, by two and a half, They by were the way. favored, and they've had a really good year. They're yeah. a good football team. Yeah, so... Like I'm sorry, Niners fans, but yeah. uh, for lack of a better term, sucks to suck. Um, <laughs> exactly. You know, you're you're not in. Do you have the best roster in the league? Probably. Do you know who has the second best roster in the league? Philadelphia. Philadelphia. So, like, yeah. Let's just let's just end it right there. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's let's jump into uh, where where I kind of break things down. Right. I I like to By look position. at player positions. Yeah. And who has the advantages, who has the disadvantage. Now, I just did advantage and disadvantage, or, you know, who has the advantage. And I didn't really put whether it's a big advantage or a smaller advantage. Right. I just looked at who has the advantage. Yes. So, let's go ahead and jump in. We're going to hit the five offensive groups, the three defensive groups, even though you could kind of split a couple of them yeah. in different ways. Yeah. Uh, we're just going to go with the, the three main, and then... Special, Special teams. teams and coaching. So those mm-hmm. are the ten groups that we hit. Yes. Let me tell you, it's tight. It is tight. It is tight. So let's start. Quarterbacks. Who has the advantage? It's obviously the Chiefs. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback on the planet. Mm-hmm. Everybody that was sitting there saying Joe Burrow has a chance, you're wrong. <laughs> Just yeah, I mean, and I love Joe Burrow. I picked the Bengals. Right. But I mean, I'm not stupid. I, I mean, even on one leg, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football. Yeah, and it's. It, I'm not going to sit there and say it's not close. It's closer than you might think. Yeah, the way Jalen Hurts played this year. Yeah, but you know, both of them are somewhat hurt. Mahomes with his ankle, uh, Jalen Hurts with his shoulder. Yeah. So, but the quarterback play is going to. It, it goes to Patrick Mahomes. Uh huh. Let's let's just. End it there. Yeah. there Move on. Not a question. That that's a pretty easy one. Yeah. Running backs. I'm gonna take the yeah. Eagles. I think I think it's. I, I love what Pacheco's done. Right. But when you look at running back group, it's definitely the Eagles. Sanders, Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell. Yes. Like these guys can tote the rock, and you kind of somewhat you got to put Jalen Hurts in there. Yeah. I, and and you know you could do the same with Patrick, but not on one leg. Yeah, he's not. He's. I I doubt he's gonna be running at all. Right. If, so, if he's smart. Right now, adrenaline might get it, and he might run. Like he might right. have a five yard run, and someone shoves him out of bounds, and they get a game winning field goal. But that's <laughs> not there. Not there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as far as this, because like the Eagles running backs, yes, are are better, and it's it's not by a wide margin, but it's definitely there. Mm-hmm. Uh, same as wide receivers, man. I mean, it's this one's a big gap. This I th- one I think so. is a huge gap, I think. Yeah. Uh, you got A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Quez Watkins, Zach Paschal versus Juju Smith-Schuster, Kadarius Tony, blank. Like, I, I can't <laughs> even, like, I, I don't even know I mean, when, their depth. When you're going through the Chiefs receivers, like Juju Smith-Schuster, good player. He's probably third on the Eagles depth chart. Yeah. Like if he was on the Eagles, he'd be number three, not number one. Yeah, Kadarius Tony, that dude, that dude's a walking injury, unfortunately, because when he's healthy, he can play like a one. Yeah, but that's the problem. 
Marquez Valdez Scantling. I, I knew and there was look, one he, other he one had a good it. week. I think it was against Cincinnati. Yeah, he had 116 yards or whatever. So. But like that's that that's hit or miss. Yep. Like I know AJ Brown, Devonta Smith. Like I know they're what they're gonna do. Yeah. And I, I think Zach Pascal is underrated. I know I'm biased because again, he was on my team. But I mean, he he knows his role, yep. and that is important in any sport. Like know your role. Right. So, yeah, I think I think wide receiver. It's unquestionably the Eagles. Now, if we get to tight ends, it's unquestionably the Chiefs. Chiefs. But it, like. Somewhat closer than you might think. The funny thing about because of the depths, but the Chiefs don't use their second and third. They tight don't end have to because they don't have to exactly. Yeah, where the Eagles do, they like they they do yeah. right. They because they like to run the football right. Um, but the Chiefs have the All Pro, All World Travis Kelsey. I mean, the funny thing is, like, if you just wanted to combine receiver and tight end, then it might be a little closer. It's tight. It's tight in that point because right? Kelsey's that good. Because Kelsey's basically a wide receiver, but he is a tight end. Right. So we're definitely, I mean, it's like you know, ten to one. <laughs> You know, Chiefs to Eagles, right? And, and, and like I said, and look, Dallas Goddard, he know. I mean, he's solid, and I think if he was healthier this year, I think he can do more. But he's not Travis Kelsey, right? No, he's not. And 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 I'm willing to admit that. Now, is Dallas Goddard in the conversation of being, you know, one of the better tight ends yeah, in the top ten? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like, it's not. It's not yeah. close, right? It like it, it's because it's Kelsey one. <laughs> Uh, they have a pile, no- a pile of dirt, <laughs> and then number two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, like, the Chiefs' death chart is Travis Kelsey, Noah Gray, and then Who? Jody Fortson. Who? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, don't don't put disrespect on the I mean, team, I'm, but, I, but, I but you, you know what I mean. I get you. The, the Eagles go Dallas Goddard, Jack Stoll, Grant Calcantara. Right. Like, it, it, it's not like it's that much. Now, I will say that Jack Stoll is an amazing blocking tight end. So and if they, they need to run the football, the Eagles can run the football. We've already talked about the fact that the Eagles running backs are good. And those other two Chiefs tight ends, they, they're probably good run blockers. Yeah, well, right. I mean, I, Jody Fortson actually looked pretty good in preseason. Like he, he's a decent route runner, but he ain't no Travis Kelsey. Right. So that's the reason why he's third on the depth chart. Right. Right. So tight ends, Ghost Chiefs. We're not even talking about the rest of it. Yeah. I, I, like, I can make an argument for Dallas Goddard. It ain't good. No, just move on. I, I said it ain't good. <laughs> um, the offensive line is your final offensive position group for uh-huh. this, and, and we're going to give the edge ever so slightly to the Eagles. Yeah. And the I'm reason why is because just look at the pro ballers. Yeah. Uh, you have two all pros on this line. Now, I know Lane Johnson is hurt, but he made Nick Bosa look terrible with a torn abductor. Yeah, and if you remember from the first segment, Nick Bosa is the defensive player of the year. Correct, and he got nowhere near Jalen Hurts. Yeah, Lane Johnson hasn't given up a quarterback hit in two seasons, so something to think about. But I mean, let's, and, and let's your not and your center us. is an all pro, right? That that other Kelsey. Yeah, <laughs> the reason why some are calling this the Kelsey Bowl, but like I'm not going to sit here and hate on the Chiefs. You know, depth chart. I mean, they got Orlando Brown, they got yeah. Joe Turney, they got Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, and Andrew Wiley. Like, it's not that bad of a group. And they, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, had the best pass rush win rate across the entire offensive line uh-huh. in football. Eagles, number three. 
But they have Jordan <laughs> yeah. Mailata, Landon Dickerson, Jason Kelsey, Isaac Samalu, and Lane Johnson, who are phenomenal. So oh, yeah. let's not sit here and state that it's 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 not a landslide, right. but it's close. But I think the edge is Philly. The Eagles have the best offensive line, especially considering they're just going to run the heck out of this this football. So mm-hmm. something to think about. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. We're looking at D line first. Uh, it's the Eagles, and this the reason why I, I I say this is because the Eagles had are compared. They aren't. They're compared to the 1985 Bears and the sack record. You have four guys. Now, I know this includes a stand-up outside linebacker and Hassan Reddick, but this is where we're putting them in. Edge yeah. rushers and D tackles together. Like They've got a huge rotation. They have four guys with double-digit sacks this year. Yeah. Reddick, Graham, Josh Sweat, and uh, Hargrave. Yeah. All of them had double-digit sacks. Yeah. So... This team just knows how to get after the quarterback with four down. They don't have to blitz. Right. If you don't have to blitz, you know, I know Patrick Mahomes is great against the blitz, but that's because he's usually not touched when not blitzed. But the Eagles can get home with four. They proved it in the NFC Championship game. They've proved it all year. Definitely something to think about. Okay, question. Yeah. Do you – I think we can both agree that defensive line, it's edge Eagles. Yeah. Would you say Chris Jones of the Chiefs is the is the individual best defensive play defensive lineman between the two teams? If you bring in Hassan Reddick, no. Okay, I, it's close between those two. But li- listen, don't don't sleep on Javon Hargrave. Oh no, no. I mean that man is a an absolute force to be reckoned with at D tackle. Um, I think the Eagles are going to go with a five-man front a majority of the time and, you know, go with Jordan Davis and Hargrave and Fletcher Cox and then Josh Sweat or Brandon Graham on the one side and then Reddick on the other. Yeah. And they're just going to keep running in fresh bodies. Jordan Davis is a Sue. monster. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And not to mention Indomitian Soon and Linval Joseph Yeah, to rotate those guys in. I mean, the Eagles' defense line is... Yeah. Discussing the yeah. Now, Chris Jones is phenomenal. I'm not downgrading. Yeah. But I'm going to sit here and, and give the slight edge. I, I actually won't give an edge. It, it's literally a coin flip between Jones and Reddick. I think Reddick's going to get home more than Chris Jones will because I believe in Kelsey and Sayamalu more than I believe in uh, Orlando Brown Jr. Okay. Or Andrew Wiley. All right. Yeah, it depends on which side they want to rush from. Okay, let's go back to the go back to the things. Linebackers for the Chiefs. This is the Chiefs. Yeah. Um. I mean, they're they're linebackers. Willie Gay, Nick Bolton, and Carlos Dunlap. Yeah. Or sorry, Dunlap's in the slot. So it's it's Willie Gay and Nick Bolton. Like, I, I, you, you don't have to, you don't have to question. I think that their linebackers are better. Now, granted, T.J. Edwards phenomenal. Um. You know, I I, I think Kazir White is great. But I mean, you're just looking at guys that are gonna have to cover Travis Kelsey. I mean, that's yeah, that have a fun, tough ask, have fun. I think Kelsey gets bracketed. Let's not lie to ourselves. Oh sure. Um, so, yeah. but linebackers, we're gonna give the edge to the Chiefs. Um, and then defensive backs, so that's corners and secondary. It's the Eagles all day. Yeah, it's all day. You have Bradbury. You have Darius Slay. Mm-hmm. You have Avante Maddox, who's gonna play this game in the slot. Phenomenal. You have C.J. Gardner Johnson and Marcus Epps, who have proven. That they've been phenomenal all year. I mean, and now, now granted, uh, Trent McDuffie, Carlos Dunlap, 
you know, Janarius Sneed, Justin Reed, and Juan Tur- uh, Thornhill are, are not are not sloughs. Oh right? no, but I mean solid, but I mean God, they're Eagles, not Darius Slay. Eagles defensive backs are are legit, and the fact yeah. that they had Bradbury literally fall into their laps at the beginning of the season is phenomenal. Right. So um, let's go to the last two special teams. Give it to the Chiefs. Yeah, I think it's Chiefs. They've got experience. They've got you know they 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 have played better as far as special teams because and the, the Eagles literally have a punter that they pulled off the street because yeah. their their uh, starting punter got hurt. And Harrison Butker, I yeah. think like if if the game comes down to a field goal, I trust Butker to make it to to beat to win. For the Chiefs, then then Jake Elliott, right? I I'll give you that. However, I mean not that Elliott Jake Elliott has is proven he's been yeah, clutch, right? Yeah, so, he's not like a slouch, but I think Butker is I, is the better one. I'll give you that. Like name recognition, I'm, I'd rather take Butker. Let's not let ourselves. Yeah. So special teams, let's go to the Chiefs, and then coaching, obviously. Yeah. And it, it's it's big because red. of experience. It's Big Red. It's Andy Reid. Yeah. I mean, he's been there more recently. Sirianni. This is his second year as a head coach. Now he came from Andy Reid's tree, so let's let's not let's not get let's give Sirianni his due. He's been phenomenal these first two years. Oh, yeah. in Philly. However, Andy Reid's got the experience. It you know it just makes sense. Andy Reid is uh, the better coach. So I hate the Colts. Let Sirianni go. He well, was he was our, <laughs> yeah yeah. It's I mean listen it's it's tighter than a lot of people think, but coaching edge does go to the Chiefs. So if you're keeping count. Chiefs five, Eagles fives in our ten categories. So that basically, yeah. you know, like this this game could go either way. There's a reason why the Eagles are only favored by one and a half. Right. So, like, it, it could go a long way. Now, for me, I had to I had to dive deep to figure <laughs> out because I I sat there when this when this thing happened. Right. I said my heart is picking the Eagles. They're my birds. They're my team. Like I've I've got to pick them. Right. My head's sitting here going, but normally it comes down to quarterback play. Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes is the better quarterback. So my head's sitting here thinking Chiefs. And I had to figure out a way to <laughs> where am I going, head or yeah. heart, head or heart. I found uh, this was an interesting stat that I that I stumbled upon, right? <laughs> and I think someone said it the other day, but um, MVPs don't win Super Bowls. No. A, a lot of times they don't. And – if if you don't know, Patrick Mahomes, as we talked about earlier, just won MVP. Do you know the last time the MVP won the Super Bowl? Kurt Warner. Correct. <laughs> 1999 with St. Louis beating Tennessee, missing the overtime by a yard. It was the stretch out. Yeah. Right? Then he came out a yard short. That was the last time a quarterback won MVP and, and won the Super, the Super Bowl, Bowl. Yeah. in the same year. Now, the last time a quarterback had a chance to <laughs> win the Super Bowl as an MVP was Tom Brady in 2017, and he lost to the Eagles in Super Bowl yeah. 52. Uh-huh. Now, here's another interesting stat. Brady beat out another Eagles quarterback for the MVP that honor in Carson Wentz, yeah. who probably would have been the MVP yeah. he favorite. He didn't get hurt. If he didn't get hurt, did we not just talk about it earlier that Jalen Hurts could have very well won MVP if he didn't get hurt again? Right. So we've got another quarterback going that beat an (laughs) Eagles quarterback that got hurt, won the MVP because the quarterback got hurt. 
the stars are aligning, ladies right. and gentlemen. I'm yeah. picking my birds. Yeah. My pick is the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going to give a score prediction. 31 to 27. Eagles over Chiefs in Super Bowl 57. Now, I will say this. Parker's going to make his pick. Somebody else is making their pick like they did last year. Uh-huh. Emma the dog is making her pick. <laughs> yeah. And she was right last year. She was. She's batting a thousand, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so, you know, what Parker and I say, I don't know. <laughs> stay tuned to the socials. Parker's going to give you all the socials after his pick. Let's stick there for Sunday because Emma's going to make her pick. Yeah. Cutest member of the Sports GPS. Yeah. All right. So, my pick. I'm I I went about this a lot easier than you did. <laughs> I don't have a dog in this fight, right? I'm I'm more focused on the number four pick in the draft than. I mean, look, I love the Super Bowl. I'm just having fun. No, I got you. But I'm picking your birds. Wow! And to me, it to me it's simple because you're right. Quarterback play is important, mm-hmm. and Patrick Mahomes I think is superior to Jalen Hurts. I think it was closer this year, but Mahomes is the guy. Right. If and I know I know he's had a couple weeks off off the off the ankle and I'm sure it's feeling better, but if I knew that he was 100 percent and I know we're at a point in the season where like is anyone really 100 yeah, percent right? But like if that if that ankle wasn't bothering him at all, I think I would pick the Chiefs in a close one. Okay. Instead, I'm gonna go the Eagles. It's gonna be close. I got Eagles 28-24. Wow. So we're so, both. Four-point yeah. wins yeah. by the Eagles, just a little different. Yeah. Now, both of us are picking the over, by the way. Yeah. You have 52 points. I've got 58 points. I I do think I do think points are going to be and, – and the funny thing is, like, I think especially the Eagles, like, their defense can – they can throttle you. Yeah, they can. Right? And I think the Chiefs – defense over the season has gotten better but i don't i don't look at it as like this big scary defense yeah um i mean patrick mahomes is probably your better defender (laughs) um but i mean look i think it's gonna be close i think it's gonna be high scoring to an extent i mean i think you're gonna have some great defensive plays but i think it is gonna there's gonna be points scored in this game right not gonna be a rock fight and so yeah, give me the Eagles by a slim margin, and it really comes down to Patrick Mahomes' health. I'm not saying he's not healthy and can't do well on one leg, if that was the case, but I think the Eagles have a more complete roster, All right. especially on the defensive side of the football. Yeah, I think, like, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, if you look at if you take out coaching and special teams, uh, the Eagles are favored five out of eight times in a, in our player position. Now, special teams, man, like they can win. Yeah. Heck, our rock fight of the week. Special (laughs) teams won the game. So I'm not going to sit here and state that like this is going to be a hard-fought game. I am going to be at the edge of my seat the Uh entire time. But I will state that there's there's too many stars aligning. And there's also some other stars that are aligning in in (laughs) my personal life with this too. So it's like it's way too many to count. Of course, it's funny. Like, okay, so you could look at this as the Andy Reid Bowl, yeah, right? Or you could look at it as the Kelsey Bowl. Yeah, I think I think it's more Kelsey Bowl. And it was funny. Like, uh, their mother was asked, "Who are you rooting for?" Yeah, which I'm sure is an impossible. Oh uh, yeah, she like can. I mean, she can't really answer that. But I think 
funny it was like well jason has grandkids <laughs> so maybe she's kind of leaning towards the eagles because of the grandkids no but. i think i think she answered it perfectly on nfl network she said um, i'm rooting for both offenses to do well <laughs> there you go because both of her sons play offense they're not on the field at the same time so yeah. I think she answered it perfectly in that regard. She also brought cookies to them on stage. That was cool. <laughs> yeah. Chocolate chip because it's hey, favorite. That's so if you way didn't to go. Know, uh, Travis and Jason Kelsey's favorite <laughs> cookie are the homemade chocolate chips from Mama. There you go. So all that. All right, Parker. I think that's going to wrap it up. But first, socials. Hit them with it. Check us out mid game too because we're yeah. going to be doing some some stuff mid game like we did last year. But Parker, tell them where we can find us. All right, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, we're at the sports gps at the sports gps make sure to check us out on twitter during the game we're going to post some videos especially at halftime live tweeting by parker live I'm tweeting gonna be, yeah. i'm going to be too focused yeah he's going to be focused because i don't have a dog in this fight i'm going to be live tweeting throughout the game feel free to respond to my tweets and tell me how stupid i am or how smart i am it doesn't matter we're, we want to hear from you. Hit us up at the Sports GPS. Yeah, he's going to send pictures of me being absolutely crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's going to be a great time. Um, and then uh, earlier in the day, find out who Emma's picking. Um, that's, that's, that's big. That's big. Because if, you, if you're waiting on your final bet for, for yeah. who Emma's picking, that's that's not a bad play as of right now. So <laughs> definitely do that. All right. Well, again, that's going to wrap it up for Season 3, Episode forty. For all of us here at the Sports GPS, Parker White, CJ Holly, thanks for stopping by and fly, Eagles, fly. Oh, thank you.